the, all the blind spots represent a way that we're dissociated from our physical bodies. You don't know blind spot. You just, just forget about it. You don't know it. You need to have like a crisis to really start <laughs> yes. to get it. Like getting a little crack, a little taste of the blind spot in a real way. Uh, it's like, it, it changes you. The whole ego, the whole personality is maintained through the tension the stacking represents. Integrating your blind spot does mean the outward circumstances of your life are going to have to fucking change. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-pres, holding five-wing, four-five-eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres, sexual, nine with one, nine-seven-four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight-wing seven, sexual self-pres with eight-five-four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pres, social three-wing four with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome back to uh, Big Hormone Enneagram. We are continuing to uh, just really hawk and praise the wonderful insights I have generated in (laughs) uh, my new published book, The Instinct Drives the Enneagram, on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and other places. Last week, we talked a little bit about an article I wrote uh, that's like a kind of a preview of what's in the book. They were going to talk about blind spots. And uh, in my view, the blind spot truly is a blind spot. Uh, we all think that our weakest or least uh, integrated instinct, that we kind of know what it's like. And we kind of understand what that instinct looks like in other people and what the experience of it is. But uh, we really do not understand not only what that instinct is, but also we're we're really unable to face the emotional consequences of what it would mean to see what we've lost by neglecting the blind spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that a lot of us, the four of us here, uh, have had pretty intense ups and downs the last year. That at least from my point of view, has a lot to do with both this attachment hexad stuff we've been talking about, but also blind spot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in my book, we talk a lot about blind spot shit and integrating and the importance of it. So I feel like the blind spot accessing it is really uh it's sort of like if you were to like reach into like that in the back of your throat and like pull something out that's like been stuck in your throat that you didn't know was there, kind of like turning you inside out. Like when the blind spot gets more integrated, then the heart, I think, can really be affected in a certain way and can be online in a certain way that it just didn't know had the room to breathe in, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a big thing for me this this past year was recognizing how even from the perspective of defining or understanding what the blind spot is, that there's a way that we're invested in not understanding the blind spot. and. And so this thing that keeps happening over and over again uh, on forums where people will post is, yeah, I kind of get my blind spot and I think I can, you know, do it pretty easily. Does, does anybody else relate to this idea of not really having a blind spot? And I'm just like, you have no idea, you know, and I think one of the big things, at least with social blind that hit me like a ton of bricks this year was recognizing that I didn't have any ability 
to see myself or even mm-hmm. see that my actions and my behaviors and my signaling was creating like an avatar of who I am or what I represent in people's minds. I mean, it's like, you can know that, but like actually feel that mm-hmm. and have that impact me um, was a big deal in terms of my sexual attraction display, understanding that, like the sort of impact that I was having or what that might mean uh, about what I represent. And um, just like actually feeling into that, like feeling into not being able to really hold on to the idea that you have a role or you represent or sort of person thing that exists in people's minds with the sort of a parasocial relationship thing that we've been talking about. Um, That's, that was a huge one, you know, just recognizing how little I don't understand social from that point of view. Um, So that's something I'd, I'd, want to say is a lot of times people are don't realize how invested they are in actually not grasping what the blind spot is yeah and i think um as the sole sx blind here one of the things i i really struggle with with uh integrating the sexual instinct is that it's not particularly useful Mm -hmm. um no offense guys um (laughs) (laughs) and so I have a really hard time um not just being like well I can go through my whole life without ever really integrating it like Mm -hmm. don't worry about it pushing it on the back burner um so it's just interesting how like each blind spot kind of finds a way to trick you into not really wanting to integrate it yeah that's a really good point and the integration of your core type with that blind spot is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like not for efficient. Me, right. Like for me as a nine to be social blind nine and to yet have, you know, some online presence where people, where I have somewhat of a name, but with mm-hmm. social blind, I don't get it and I don't know how to hold on to it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Like you guys were at some point recently kind of pounding it into me. Hey, you're David fucking gray. And I don't even know what that means. I don't, I have no idea what you're even telling me when you say that. (laughs) It's like, it's interesting, you know, the different responses to social blind. I'm sure with John being a four and I'm being an eight, I'm, I'm an assertive type. And so there is an ability to me to get really pragmatic about social from the perspective of, okay, I understand that I've been doing something publicly for a couple of years and people have assigned a certain reputation to me. And there's a reputation that's building based on certain actions that I've been consistently taking. Uh, so from an assertive type, it's like, yeah, I can fuck around with that and play with that, but I don't really, I forget that it exists. I can understand it and be like, all right, this is something I can work with as an assertive type, but as a day-to-day experience, it's just, I forget that I have that sort of impact. Um, and I have to com- consciously remind myself that, you know, there is a way that people respond to you and you have to be aware of that. The way I, I sort of, uh, it, it seems to me, Emika, like when you talk about recognizing like you as a social entity, it's, it sort of sounds like uh, you were standing in a in a room with like, a candle like hold held to your chest and that was all the light you could see and then you turned on the light on the whole room you know what i mean like it, it, it sort of feels like you're like oh yeah there's a whole thing that you just like i don't know that you didn't know 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's as an eight, you could sort of I can connect with it from social eight and see how invested, you know, a, a social eight might be in in terms of uh, steering and shaping that perception, you know, in a really forceful way, because I'm not my energy isn't invested in that arena. So there's no I'm not I can see how social eights are really wanting to force that impression on people as to this is what uh, I'm going to get you to think about me and um, really creating their reputation and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I can, I, I can see that there are ways that maybe I'm unconsciously doing that, but I'm not, I, yeah, it's just not, there's no intentionality there and I don't have any real sense into the, in the experience of it. And so um, just even being aware of it has been like a, a huge, wow. You know, I mean, I'm aware, but like really feeling into it, you know, feeling into this impression that people are holding of me as a, as a, an entity of some kind that has certain traits and things like that. It's, it's been a really interesting ride. Yeah. I would say, um, for me, like, you know, as a heart type, I'm like, obviously very identified with my heart and uh emotions and things like this and just the experience of the heart center and being uh social blind though especially in relationship like i didn't i didn't realize how unhuman i took myself to be like how much i did not see myself i did not even have um, like a sense that i needed to be treated treated in certain ways mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. and that i had certain emotional needs and also being social blind there is this like the 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 fours need to separate from everybody like even more exaggerated and so it's just like you know i was always very aware that i needed to be separate and i needed to uh be like untouched and non-contaminated by like human beingness but man there's like a, a way that i i i there's so much i did not see about being human if, if that makes any sense like of the way just humans are and the way that they organize their attention and like the way they behave and the way that they uh like things that matter to them that like that are so fucking obvious i think to other people that i'm only now in my fucking 30s like coming to see and it's hard to kind of get into without getting overly personal but you know i just always felt like uh this deeply unattractive like freak boy and i didn't realize like I couldn't read people enough. It's like, uh, you know, often what I hear, how, how people sort of talk about uh, being aware of other people is either you're aware of people because you care about them or you're not aware about them because you don't care about them. Like you don't care about other people's feelings or something. And it's like, I care a lot about people's feelings, but like what I seem to care about is very narrow, but I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. and, and so like, because of what I cared about in other people it's like i couldn't read it's like i could only read a very limited uh like a few colors on a color spectrum rather than the whole spectrum of colors like i could only read these things and so therefore i could only receive uh things from a certain range and so it's like i just the sense of like like how uh outside of of a kind of life i was of terms of being loved in terms of being um yeah, I don't know, like, like, it's it's hard to explain, but I've always had really deep friendships and connections and things like this, but there was something about how I was, uh, like, what I, my expectations were for myself, and that like, I just did not even realize. Yeah, that's, that's touching on some of that uh, hexad attachment stuff. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I had to recognize that, yeah, there, you know, the social blind is a separation. There's a assumption of self-containment and like the other, even the idea that people give a fuck about other people uh, is hard to grasp it. But the Hexat stuff really fucking amplifies that self-containment. Um, and I'd like to eventually get some social blind Bermudas on here uh, because I'd like to explore that contrast a little bit more just what does it mean to be social blind and triple attachment but um you know just watching the conversation or listening to the conversation between joseph and alexandra of a social hexat type and that need to separate but also that need for relate relating and connection you know how do you get those needs met so just really interesting how joseph still has that need for separation but he's inevitably bouncing off of people's impressions and his uh, connections with people, which if you're not doing that, you're really disconnected. If you're hexat and you're social blind. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've had periods where I'm like, Oh, this is the social instinct or, you know, and it's, then it's like, Oh fuck. It's not, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 It's that blind. You, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know blind spot you just just forget about it you don't know it i constantly have that with sexual i'm like oh and then i'm like i don't think that was it <laughs> yeah. well you know what i'm finding is that even beyond just these descriptions and uh, cognitive understanding of these things it's being confronted by people who are dominant in that instinct that forces you to actually be like whoa uh-huh. you know, where's because this is their water this is what they're breathing in uh all the time so being around people who are dominant in an instinct that is your blind spot is going to really confront you with it and be like, momentarily, you might experience it. Be like, oh, shit, that's, that, that must be social or that must be sexual. Well, I also feel like, I mean, I've always been, I've always had so many social type friends and things like this, but uh, I feel like you need to have like a crisis to really start <laughs> yes. to get it. Like, because it has to shatter so much like i was talking to alexandra about her being a sexual blind and you know i asked her um how do you re- relate to sexual blindness or like what do you feel like was the difference between like now that you feel more in touch with your sexual instinct and you you know coming out a lot more and you've had this transition you know what was going on before you felt like you had contact with it she was like like i had there was no pleasure in my life and there was like i was doing everything with without considering pleasure and can out considering like what I really wanted from like a body level. And I said, but did you feel that way before? And she's like, no, if, if, if I, if she didn't say it exactly like this, but the, the, the frame sort of like, if someone had tried to tell her you're not doing anything with pleasure, you're not experiencing real pleasure or enjoyment or something like that. Uh, she would have thought that person was an idiot and crazy and judgmental, but it's only when you come on the other side that you start to go, whoa you know like the yes. fuck like i thought like i was like oh yeah no i've got this but like the the blind spot is 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 completely shattering and it's I'm, I'm, none of us here have integrated our blind spots by any means it's just like getting a little crack a little taste of the blind spot in a real way uh it's like it it changes you and often it's um the thing that makes the crisis is that it's affecting your dominant instinct you know what I mean? Yes. And that's what mm-hmm. can yeah, yeah. shoot you into like this, like it actually becomes a threat 
you know, like I had an experience of my social lastness threatening my self pres and, and a job I was at at one point. And I, and, and I had to go through an actual crisis and people saying, Hey, you know, you're, you're not joining the group like ever, like what the fuck's going on with you? Why are you just back in an office by yourself? And it's creating this dark impression. And so it was literally getting to the point where I could be fired because everybody had this sort of dark impression of me. Mm. And I, and I, and so because it was a threat to my self pres, I said, Oh, and I was learning about the instincts on the Riso Hudson board when we were having some pretty good, some of those early conversations about all of that. And it was like, oh, wow, I need to go out and be with the people mm-hmm. and start doing all the chatter that they're doing every morning instead of <clears throat> being back in the office and going, oh, they're doing that thing that they do. So now I can do my thing inside my laptop and be even further away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye forever. Yeah. People of this world. Yeah. And that yeah, was I- a pretty major wake up because it was like, because, and it is that heart, you mentioned the heart thing because you do it and you start to open that crack a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay. There's this whole world that I was missing and it kind of opens up this vista. I mean, you know, it's going to close up again, but I mean, you're (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. But but I mean, but it's like, oh, okay. uh, You know, I had to have that experience of it um, in order to really even know what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have uh, that, that thing about the, the blind spot threatening the dominant instinct. I have a, mm-hmm. a formula in my book about um, how the stackings sort of are maintained uh, out of fear that the blind spot is going to ruin the dominant instinct. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, I identify in the book, like, and I go into all this shit, but like the, the basic fears of the instincts and how like the blind spot is going to open up that fear or open up the thing that's going to, the sort of, threat to the dominant instinct so like in the case of like, just talking about david self-presexual if i express social by being too available and dispersed it will create scarcity and harm by undermining my resources and foundations for emica and i sexual self-pres if i express social like in brackets by being too available and dispersed i won't be attractive and will be, and will be sexually overlooked you know it's mm-hmm. this thing of like uh if I'm too open, too friendly, not concentrated enough, I'm not being specific enough, then uh, who's going to fucking want me or notice me you're, or anything? You're dissipated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like uh, if you were posting, like, I was available to the extent that a lot of social types are, which in my distorted social blind view is letting people in on your what's going on with you and sort of just making yourself available for connection on a regular basis. That there's not going to be anything hooking about me. There's not going to be right. anything that can pull or, um, or specific. Draw some, yeah, draw somebody in. That's another thing I wanted to get into because, mm. you know, uh, our descriptions of, you know, sexual are going to be skewed by our, our types. And there's, uh, you know, with all of us being four fixed or fours, um, there's going to be, there's an emphasis on specificity and distinctness mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes its way into our descriptions. And one thing that I've been mm-hmm. uh, in conversations with Beth is that other sexual types who might not be as specific types, like, you know, attachment types, 
uh, although they still relate to that that thing of wanting a specific flavor of their own, um, it's not going to be necessarily the same emphasis type emphasis on that you know four or five or eight or seven might put on being colorful and interesting. There might be you know other sexual displays that have to do with just being charming, you know, like two or um, even like nine, it's a little bit softer and less more interpersonal than more like having these distinct mm -hmm. hooks. But um, yeah, just like, you know, being too available, which ruins the mystique of whatever that sexual display might be from the perspective of that person's type or from the perspective of what their preferred display hooks might be. Right. Right. Well, like, I mean, you know, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point about uh, the type situation, because like, like, I mean, using what I just spoke to the formulas, it is amazing how much, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken on the on the pod about uh, my jealousy stuff. And a lot of it is like, I have this complete terror that I'm replaceable, mm -hmm. uh, like in a, in a sexual way, or that like, I don't know if I've mentioned this here before, but like, you know, in, in the movie Titanic, like, isn't the whole movie like I don't you know the whole movie is right like she's t it's it's about like the 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 main character Rose telling her granddaughter about like uh, a dude she was in love with that was not not her grandpa right I don't well I don't know I didn't watch the I don't know that movie yeah I don't I haven't seen it either but like uh, I know that I think that the movie is about like this old no. woman telling like yeah, her granddaughter that's... like before and I, I don't even know if maybe Leonardo DiCaprio was her grandpa or not but like uh you know she meets this like poor guy on the Titanic or something and then he dies and she's telling this story to a granddaughter and but to me it was like and maybe I'm misrepresenting the whole movie but like she's talking about a guy that she fucked and remembers deeply and tenderly that's not who she ended up with yeah and like that shit is horrifying to me like that he got under her skin like that's the real soulmate thing like that's the real mm -hmm. thing she's like that's the one close to her core and then oh she just got with some fucking guy and so this yeah. thing of replaceability and like uh like oh but like like and you know my four special special extra special it's like no this has to be <laughs> destined by the stars or else like i'm just a complete like just replaceable cog that you could just you know that you just like being around there's nothing special here you know <laughs> so the social instinct feels like it's going to get into this like oh but anybody could be anybody could be my partner's partner like anybody could yeah. be an, a good acceptable person or attractive person or whatever you know it's just it's horrifying and that does fit kind of an aspect of what social is is kind of like roles you know mm -hmm. what i mean like like you fit this box and so that means a bunch of people or a bunch I mean, of people, people fit other people, boxes, people fit into boxes. And so you could just replace a box with another box or whatever. Yeah, and yeah that terrifies me. That yeah. goes, uh -huh. gets back into, you know, some of the things that Alexandra has mentioned about what her fears are being with you and which to me came off like a, um, an example of what sexual blindness can be because, you know, when you have social and self-pres and you're looking at so, uh, social and self-pres, you kind of, everybody sort of fits these categories of what attractive is. So let's say um, height, fitness, and hair, and symmetry, and how well you're doing with your career, and that kind of stuff is like self-press social type of dis uh, attraction strategies. And so 
when you take out sexual, which is like whatever your specific um, flavor might be, that is distinct to you, not necessarily distinct, but it's like, you know, you're kind of like instinctual pheromones that you've mm-hmm. cultivated. When you take that out, then it's like, well, why wouldn't, why couldn't my partner meet a better version or replacement for me without sexual? Um, so you, you need all three to, and you know, in your case, it's like, well, if I allow myself to make myself more uh, available to people and things like that, it's going to take away from this really self-contained thing that I've got going on, which is the only reason she's with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my, my strategy, uh, unconscious instinctual strategy for not getting left or cheated on is like, you're going to be addicted to me. Like, yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. like you're not going to find anything like me. And you have like our, our chemistry has be so much that like, it's not that you just don't want to cheat or you choose not to. It's like, you fucking can't because I've ruined every other body. Yes. You know? yeah. yes. And so like with her, you know, I'm addicted in a chemical way to like, you know, she has naturally curly hair and she's been letting herself just do her curly hair. And I'm like fucking intoxicated by it. And we were on the train with, I you know, like, and I'm, I'm like, like her smells and all this kind of like, just yeah, all her natural shit, all like the personality stuff that is a nine that she felt like she had to shut down. I like fucking love. And yeah. we were on the train with my sexual nine friend the other day and completely un unprovoked. He was talking about his wife and he was like, yeah, I just love to lick her armpit and, uh, <laughs> you know, all the other, like, all the other stuff yeah. that I do. Oh that, my God. That's like this level of like chemical addiction. And, and it was sort of reassuring for her to hear that I'm not just like making this shit up. That no. that's like, this is what, this is what it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like instinctual pheromones. It's, it's, it's like, you can't, you're not going to be able to find it in some other, even if you found someone that looked like them, they wouldn't have the right. same instinctual pheromones. It's, it's not the same thing. So it's. That is so funny. <laughs> It's got to be that level for me. You know, it's got to be that level of this is where it is. Like our bodies have to choose each other. It's like, like that's what sexual instinct is. Is like, there's no choice in it. Right. I want to say this also, because this is something that I've recognized in myself over the years, because I, I, I saw that people were, could say that they were into me or they thought I was hot, but from the perspective, at least from my view, from the perspective of other instincts, like, yeah. um, Like, Oh, this guy's attractive. I want to fuck him. But I was looking for um, attraction signaling that was on the level of the sexual instinct because, yeah, any guy can be tall and in shape with interesting hair or any of these, you know, insert another person with those qualities and you're going to get that same response from a certain percentage of people. So I was looking for responses that had to do with things that maybe other people would find repulsive about me, but that that person Mm -hmm. was responding to. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's the attraction that I thought, you know, from a sexual instinct point of view, like my instinctual pheromones were being responded to. So like, oh yeah, I want to fuck that guy. Or I I think he's hot. It's like, so, so fucking what? Mm -hmm. There's another guy that fits the same category that you could go do, feel the same way about. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sexual is like, you're a really specific designer drug. And so you're the only place, you're the only source for that drug. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And, so- and also just getting into how different that can be, even, you know, from the genders and even within the same type. Um, yeah. I, I had to sort of zoom back. I think I said this on the last one that uh, by my interest in all this stuff that we do with Enneagram, I've sort of created an elaborate 
like a attraction vision quest that if you could somehow make it through being in being into the same stuff that you'd we'd end up next to each other somehow mm. um and which is you know, i didn't plan it i didn't envision that that would happen yeah that but that's how i ended up meeting beth so um everyone's instinctual hooks are going to be different and and what attraction attractiveness means uh is going to be specific so it's like i i don't recognize anything that's not um outside of this box that i've created which ends up attracting to me attracting all you guys into my life mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and and yeah so like uh you know just to have one of these areas of life shut down or not really give it that much attention or to minimize it it's like you just cannot have any idea of what you're missing mm -hmm. and it's a lifelong thing of continuing to open your eyes in the blind spot instinct um we haven't really talked about self-press blind none of us are self-press blind but i mean god like i mean emika like maybe yeah I'm, I'm learning about self-press blind <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ yeah i learned or I mean, I reread re that chapter today and I asked her if she'd read it and she said she she did read it and she had to put it down because it was hitting, hitting some really painful core stuff. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but I mean, a big one that I noticed is sort of like the reoccurring unconscious disasters um, that keep popping up. It's like self-neglect, um, like just really specific. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're, uh, you base that description on of real life experiences that you have because there's like some really specific shit in there about how self-pressed blinds can be really busy and sort of like turning not being aware of the cost of physical expenditure mm -hmm. really busy but then that ends up creating these fucking disasters where they have to collapse and recognize the cost of what they're doing and this is something that I'm watching play out uh, with Beth and just fucking overworking and which ends up creating all these injuries and ailments and then have to completely come to a screeching halt and it's like wow i'm just i'm watching it up close it's pretty <laughs> fucking incredible <laughs> right right like yeah one of the so you know i've uh, had uh non-romantic relationships but involved personal relationships with some people who are uh self-pressed blind and like they, the both sexual and social crave different flavors of connection. Uh, but, you know, like in my, in the experiences I had was people who were not that healthy and it was like, yeah, like disasters and having to bail them out and a lot of like, like bailing them out. But like, there's a lot of emotional, basically manipulation, but I don't think they would see it as that mm -hmm. where there's like little, like, relational carrots you know what i mean of like how we're like together in this or something like this but they keep having disasters and so there's this like unconscious outsourcing of like their own needs and their own self-preservation instinct to other people and so they're like craving connection and of different kinds at the same time as they're driving people away because people are like i can't keep fucking cleaning up this mess for you you know and i can't <laughs> like i can enjoy your personality i can enjoy being around you and you're getting that kind of attention but like Things can't go that deep. Uh, and this is not, not everybody. This is an unhealthy person, but like they can't go that deep without that kind of rootedness in yourself. And so I know a lot of just like perpetual ch children that are self-pressed blind that are like in their yeah. 60s or whatever, but they can't have any really deep, meaningful connections. They might have some like 
sort of sexual instinct, like bam, kind of experiences with people and then go, that's a deep connection. But without that, it's like having an earth element in your, in your astrology chart or something, you know, it's like, uh-huh. you need that kind of like tether and, and otherwise like, you know, self-pressed blinds can get in these dynamics where they're stuck to people relationally who provide the self-pressed instinct for them, but they don't even really like the relationship they're in, even though they're such a relational stacking. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just because for me, it's like, okay, this is probably going to be a problem. Let's not go that direction. It's like, well, I'm going to go that direction anyway. Big problem. Uh, now we're sort of fixing it. So it's interesting to watch how uh, that's a way to maintain, keep a relationship going, or just there's a way, there's a relational aspect of that. Yeah. That, you know, the problem arises and that's sort of like we all hands on deck. We've got to deal with it. But um, you're in it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, it got me thinking of the different ways that maybe all the blind spots are doing disasters mm. because you're not paying attention to it. So like that probably means there's going to be some collapse at some point mm-hmm. on a regular basis, probably. Well, I mean, the one thing is maybe this is the most obvious thing in the world, but each instinct represents such a huge swath of what it is to be a human being. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's actually insane that we're completely blind in like a whole third of what it is to be a person. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a that's a radical imbalance that's gonna, you know, fuck you over multiple times, you know, in your life. Totally. Yeah. Could you read what the self-pres one blind or not self-pres sexual blind is, John? Yeah, for you mean like the formula thing? Yeah. Yeah. So for self-pres social, if I express sexual by being too provocative and unstable, it will create scarcity and harm by undermining my resources and foundation. Okay. And the converse of the social self-pres, if I express sexual by being too provocative and unstable, I will alienate others and be ostracized and abandoned. Mm, Yeah. Like, for example, Nancy, you were talking about, like, being wary of coming out to the zone because you knew that if you came out that you would not be able to continue the um, right. routine yeah. that you've got going on because you knew that something would be shifted and changed. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's like saying, fuck that sexual instinct. I'm not totally <laughs> pretty much, yep. pretty much. I was, I was uh, thinking about how um, the lack of sexual instinct has fueled the uh, capitalist monster of America. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because nobody's enjoying themselves. <laughs> no, no. And we're all we're all just like, well, I have to do this to get by. And if but if everyone stopped having doing what they have to do to get by, the world would come to a grinding halt and we would no longer have to do that shit. You know, like cultures closer to in warmer climates, uh, for whatever reason, at least it maybe have more sexual types, or at least there's more sexual instinct in the culture. And so, like, you know, people are like, oh, Europe and in Spain and Italy and France, you know, like and or the Caribbean or, you know, or, you know, Central America, like all these kind of places where they're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's more like a relaxed way of life. It's like, well, there, there's more sexual instinct, you know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that their sexual instinct is relaxed. It's that there's uh, like a, a greater priority of, of what's non, not useful, what's, you know, what's useless yeah. and what's indulgent. And um, yeah, there's like a, there's just a, a value of, of a certain kind of decadence, but it's not a decadence that is kind of creepy or, wrong because it's like all about like what your body is actually want what what level your body's actually wanted to be met on you know so it's not a violation it's like 
you know, some people who like with low sexual can like totally overindulge in things because they're not listening to their body, like, 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 you know, all kinds of frivolous sex or whatever, or that there's no prescriptive way that everybody needs to be, but it's like all the instincts represent a, a dissociation or the, all the blind spots represent a way that we're dissociated from our physical bodies. The point you're making about like, not to say that sexual blinds don't have a good time. Like they're definitely hedonists that are sexual blind, but what you end up seeing with people who have those sort of patterns is they get into a routine. That is a routine. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's That's- certain drugs and certain sexual patterns that they have that they just you know the thing about the sexual is that you don't know what direction you're going to be get pulled into and there's a sense of kind of destroying uh what you were into before so it's going to lead you into new directions that sort of renew the whole thing so creating new patterns whereas um sexual hedonist sexual blinds can get pretty into the same pattern so like uh some rock stars who have like body counts into the thousands. It's like, well, how do you just keep fucking groupies year after year? Yeah. Um, you know, that's the sexual blind spot. Like just yep. doing the same thing every year. A lot of fuckboy energy is sexual blind. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, I'm, I'm not even here for it. Right, you're not getting hooked. You're not getting um, taken by this sort of drug addicted problem or whatever of the sexual instinct if that makes sense right yeah <laughs> all the self pres over here just fucking sexual instinct over we're like bye that was a fun time <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean the the ability to have not to say that every sexual type is incapable of doing this because i know certainly some sexual types who do have a lot of casual sex but the ability to have like easily have casual sex and not really get pulled into any specific person yeah. Um, to rack up a bunch of bodies, that's that's definitely like a sexual blind sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, in in do, doing that, it would be like people maybe seeking out for hookups, uh, people that are not going to activate them very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's <laughs> a big part confirm. of it. Because <laughs> yeah, Nancy, when I when we talked about like or asked you like to make a collage of people you were attracted that's to, f- you fucking drew a blank, and I was like. Maybe this is the problem for me with these hookups. It's like I can't, I can't even get going hooking up with someone that I don't have a chemical response to, or like I'm not feeling some. There's like, there's got to be some hook for me to be able to get into it. Which means that if there is a hook in there, there that means that the the capacity for me to fall into that person is pretty high. Whereas it seems like I at least I've seen observing people in bars that they're just picking whoever's there that well, it just meets an attraction threshold. Like this person's fuckable. Yep. I'm going to do it with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, the, the terrible part for me as a terrible human was uh, if if you got hooked to me, that made it even better. Mm. I was like, power. Interesting. Great. I mean, say more about, about all that, Nancy, of like going for people that maybe you weren't as turned on by or something. Uh, well, I think it... <sighs> All right, geez, John. Um, <laughs> we gotta get to what makes us suffer here. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think it had a lot to do with if I find someone like really attractive, or if I like really think they're going to like get to me on on like a a next level, then like I might be vulnerable with them, and like 
that's a whole fucking thing that I don't want to deal with. Like, I don't want to become vulnerable with someone. I want it to just be sex, right? And if I am not super into them, I'm not going to connect and become vulnerable or feel vulnerable or have them connect with me. They might accidentally connect with me, but like not the real me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just easier. It's simpler. I can have that connection and then I can leave and then like it doesn't mess up my life and go into work the next morning and pretend it never happened. Well, okay. Question. Because I'm I'm thinking from the point of view that if I'm sort of having a, a above neutral reaction to somebody that I'm not really going to be able to really get off. I can get off, but it's, you know what I mean? Like the quality of the orgasm is not going to be that great if you're not that into it. So does that not have an effect on the kind of sex that you're having in that? Uh, I think it does. I think it, it does, but it's like, um, like really like good. This is going to confuse you. Um, really good sex where I like have really good orgasms and it's like a big connection for me is more tiring Mm. like I don't have as much energy after that like yeah I need I need a lot more aftercare and like you know just shit afterwards and like I can't just leave and go back home and go eat ice cream and watch Netflix Uh, okay I see what you're saying but you're gonna be more affected yeah, like there's there needs to be like if they're not sticking it through with me, like they're not like, you know, like with me with me, there needs to be a separation. Mm. I need I to see. be able to go home and, and like leave. What's the benefit from from your stacking's point of view of of not being affected or like what like what are you trying to keep on track? I guess like a routine like I want to be able to go like I don't want to be affected the next day because if it affects me the next day I may not get all my work done if I don't get all my work done I'm going to be stressed and I'm not and I'm going to be emotionally unavailable to what I'm doing that day and it kind of spirals out of control to no longer having control over my life if I get like hooked onto something I might lose control of my life that's a really good way to put it. Social three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's that's a really good. Like way to put if it. I I always hate I hated when boys would try to like or not try but they would like fuck with me the night before like work or something because like then it's gonna ruin my entire day it's gonna ruin my entire week it's gonna because it's gonna put me behind like I'm not no longer fuck. in control you're in control and that pisses me off. Fuck with you as in they're inside you like emotionally mentally. Yeah, like either they would hurt my feelings or they would like um it's usually like they would they would hurt me in some way. That's the only way that I really get affected is if you hurt me. And then it like takes over my whole world. Mm. And it's like that's not cool. Now now and it's not even that like I'm sad, it's that I'm pissed that I can't get my shit done. <laughs> like yeah i'm sad but it's like my mom would always get so annoyed with me she's like you're not you're not angry you're sad and i'm like no i'm fucking angry because i I can't get my shit done yeah i mean the blind spot i think is the most practical way to really transform because it it's like there's a like a spider's web connecting the basic uh you know like fears and desires of your type and how those are run through your instinct you know which those fears keep your blind spot blind 
And so it really is like, uh, you know, a thread that you just like unravel the whole thing. If you're really, really doing the work on your blind spot, because it's like the whole ego, the whole personality is maintained through the tension that the stacking represents. And then when it's like, you know, if you were affected in, in a way that like overpowered your work and overpowered your control of your life, I mean, then your heart would be affected in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And you, then your heart's affected, your whole personhood is affected. Yep. So, I mean, you know, and I, I, this social instinct for me, it's like, it's funny, like a couple of years ago, I thought to myself, like, man, I have, I have no regrets in life. Like, I am, I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is great. And, and now, like, now that I've seen what I've seen about, myself in my life I'm like man it was all for nothing it was all all these years were wasted you know in a way they feel all artificial or something because I didn't see the the way that the limitation of my social instinct really did skew my picture of what um how I understood and experienced love Mm -hmm. that's a big one um I don't know where you landed on your uh, in the book on the subject of the connection between social instinct and the heart and so forth. Is there something you can say about that? Uh, I don't really get into that level of whatever, but I do talk about what, like, I do talk a lot about the heart uh, and what the transformation of the instincts means uh, on the heart level, like in terms of freedom of the heart. Uh, but it's a really good question. It's hard for me to piece out. It's like, I mean, part of where I'm going to is just, I mean, I'm thinking of conversations over the last few years online and elsewhere or whatever, but, you know, it's somewhat the thing of, like, if the social instinct it um, sort of stems from the parenting instinct, so to speak, um, that's a kind of, uh, well, there's sort of a tether there to, like, real heart to heart connection mm-hmm. that that is uh very much uh dissimilar to the whole objectification thing of the sexual instinct or the sort of me first survivalism of self pres right so there's a, a way that social in some ways maybe is almost the instinct that that starts to be the bridge in the animal, so to speak. Yes. Towards towards the heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like the the biological origins of the social instinct are in parenting, and all the bullshit that people normally boomers basically like to uh, ascribe to the sexual instinct is social instinct. All the one on one stuff. All the I love intense connections and relationships. All that social. But, uh, you know, it can have when it's when there's not the sexual instinct involved, uh, it can have and self prize, it can have this kind of what like a uh, uh, roles to fill. It can be connected yet boxes to check. Yeah, exactly. It can be very much like this, like like pattern and role based rather than the living relationship. And so, you know, kind of like like when the self prize is there of that, like what's really bringing me like what's rooted to something real and the sexual like what's like providing this life force it's like when all three of those are together then it's like the heart can really actually open up and connect and touch 
you know, there's like, um, there's a, like the heart is really the organ of contact uh, from a, like a, a sensitive or subtle point of view. Like, you know, when we love somebody, they're in our hearts. Uh, we talk like having a heart to heart. It's like you can touch somebody physically and there's no touching, but the heart is what really contacts on a being level. And if you're filtering out one of the instincts in your relationships and connections, then your relationships and connections are going to be like a three-legged stool that only has, you know, that, that sh should have three legs and only has two legs. You know, it's going to be shallow without all three instincts being there. And it's, again, like, we go, oh, yeah, I have really good deep relationships. And it's like, yeah, you probably do, maybe. But there's so much more possible and available. And integrating your blind spot does mean the outward circumstances of your life are going to have to fucking change. It's not like you get to just integrate your blind spot without right. things changing. <laughs> it's it's going to change you and it's going to change the way you live and the relationships you have. And you might go, this person is a perfectly fine uh, partner or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, or this job or whatever is, is good. It's, it should be what it should be hitting my back walls, you know, all this stuff, but it's not. And you get, when you get that blind spot, you like really see like, this is not doing it for me. And then you have to make some real choices because if your blind spot's a little bit awake, you're going to feel like your life force is being snuffed out. You're really not selling this. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, how has your, uh, you know, being confronted with your blind spot in relationship with Alexandra, how has that woken you up? Like I was saying before, uh, there's just a way I didn't really realize I was a person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't really realize um, a certain kind of being seen kind of like Emma could even speaking about with like like that you're learning to see yourself in a certain way like I mean I'm even experiencing that in my my intimate relationship you know like there's a way I just didn't even know I needed to be seen and like like having a a sacredness of connection recognized and mm -hmm. you know it's like as a sexual type I'm I was I've always looking as I was spoken to earlier of like irreplaceable from this point of view just being so juicy but also like i i like being an irreplaceable unique person that if my dick stops working uh that i'm still going to be loved ferociously you know right? yeah uh that kind of shit has been like especially you know i'm i'm in a, as a heart type it's just it's been it's been a real thing yeah that's that's an interesting one um, I think that's one thing that Alexandra mentioned on the last one was that uh, all the different ways the social blinds are not um, depersonalizing ourselves. Yeah. Which in a way kind of invites that same sort of uh, reaction from people too, which is something that I've been trying on and trying to mm. figure out is that I think we talked about this in the chat at some point is that the thing that our personality is doing to ourselves is sort of this type of uh, we're inviting that from other people too. So, you know, the social blind, the personalization that we're doing, people are reacting to us in, in a similar way. And so um, it sort of reinforces it. So I think a big wake up call for me, at least this year with the so 
connections that we've that I've had with uh, this year is that uh, that I had to accept or be open to being seen for who I was, and that even recognizing that that was a thing that there was an impression of me out there being received by people just you know blew me away yeah so, yeah definitely it seems like um like i think talking about a blind spot can feel like a little kid yeah. you know like you know, <laughs> i didn't know people saw me you know or like <laughs> like i didn't know i was not attracted to this person you know? <laughs> or, or like i don't know how to feed myself you know and it's like <laughs> i mean it's it's fucking wild because yeah. our sense of what we think we can't, our, our, our sense of measuring reality really is not accurate. And I know I'm gaslighting everybody, but <laughs> the, the, the fact is, is that like, like from a point of view of inner work, like we have to accept that our uh, ways of understanding and seeing and determining our, our moving through the world are, are actually are not reliable uh, without like just being completely like flaccid about it but it's like what we think we know we don't uh or there's more to learn about what we think we know and yeah so like part of the blind spot instinct and working on it is that um we have to feel infantilized and we have to feel like humiliated and we have to feel um childish and you know we go oh i'm in my 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s and I didn't know this shit. That stuff is fucking wild and it hurts. Mm-hmm. How much we wasted? How much of life we've wasted? Oh, yeah. And this is, has nothing to do with uh, how intelligent somebody is. This mm-hmm. is something that you know, people run into oh, yeah. with saying that, oh, I'm so self-aware. I, I think I know myself pretty well, so I should be able to figure out what my type is. And it's like, no, I mean, everybody fucking has blind spots. Like, yeah. there are just certain things you can't see about yourself. People. And you have like an entire ego set up around the idea of keeping you from seeing that blind spot. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like some of the biggest reactions we've had recently tend to be from people who have the most experience with, you know, psychology or yeah, uh, this field who mm-hmm. feel like they should know and can't allow themselves to be confronted with the fact that they don't know things about themselves. You know, and, and so that becomes a whole thing where people think that I, I'm smart enough and I'm self-aware enough that I should know this stuff. It's like, no, actually, you don't. That's that's if you already had the answers, then there wouldn't be any point to inner work to the Enneagram. You're done. You're finished. You're perfect already. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a really good point. That's something I've been noticing, too, is like people can have a lot of background and shit and, oh, they know this other system or they have all these certifications and qualifications. and you know, that can present itself as a huge obstacle to learning something new. And like, I think people complain about this with a lot of academics, you know, and it's kind of this thing, you always have to be like mindful that like, yeah, there's, there is the thing called expertise and it's like a real thing, but at the same time, there's a thing of uh, how we can create these mind palaces where it's like, I've, I've got all the qualifications. So I should, I should never have to be infantilized or never have to humble myself or pretend or, 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 have somebody teach me something or uh even suspect that there might be something outside of my awareness like outside of what how how this should have gone or something like that and one of our points here collectively is that even us quote unquote knowing this stuff or 
having our attention on these things and these blind spots our blind spot spot is continuous spot <laughs> is continuing to, to it's going to keep manifesting yep yes and we're going to keep being blind the crack will open and there'll be a little bit of sunlight we'll see see it for a little bit but it's going to close again so it's not a it's not an arrogance thing or whatever you know it's it, we we our blind spot is going to stay alive too you know right right you yeah know? we aren't going to overcome it someday <laughs> yeah right you know a lot of times people are wanting the a quick fix solution to how do i integrate my blind spot and the the hard answer is that it's 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 yeah it's a never ending process and those of us who have been aware of this material for years um are maybe a little bit better in that arena but aren't it's not like we've been transformed by knowledge of this it's like it's really hard work to make any real substantial change because your whole life is going to be changed and how you live your life is going to be affected that doesn't happen overnight and it's right. kind of difficult to do so i think a lot of times people underestimate the amount of uh, attention and work it would take to make any real meaningful changes in in these blind spots and right. another thing too is uh that i like to emphasize and we've said it in different ways already on the call but is you'll really know the blind spot one of the ways you'll know that you're facing it is when you realize how stupid you think that blind that instinct yes. is Just yeah like that why the fuck is anybody doing social like why are you people doing that right. stop doing it stop being so busy with it what are you doing stop yeah you know this is dumb that that is something i that is something that should be emphasized because a lot of times people will post and say that they they read the a blind spot description and they get it and it's like if you are not disgusted by your blind spot, because that's the whole point, is that right. yeah. your dominant instinct is invested in pushing away from the blind spot. So if you really, really got a taste of it, you're going to be disgusted. You're going to want to push because you're pushing away from it all day long. Yeah. And so <laughs> if <laughs> all day long, you, like, you don't yeah. want to feel it, sense it. Um, and so to actually feel it and sense it is going to create such a... Uh, a, a bodily sense of aversion that if you're not feeling that then you're you haven't even really tapped into the That's blind a great, spot yet great point great point yeah one of the things i'll see people do in the group is they will post things like um they'll attribute something that belongs maybe to social to sexual yeah. And so that's a way that they resist seeing their blind spot because they're like, oh, it's actually pretty evenly distributed because but I'm, I, it's like not actually working with a right definition or sense of what these categories are. Mm -hmm. And I see people shuffle the, them around to kind of avoid seeing the, the big void in their life. Uh, yeah. Another thing about the blind spot that we, we all have is a lot of conditions around where the blind spot is appropriate in ourselves and other people. And so like, you know, just today there was a thread about like close friendships and like, I definitely have really close friendships, but I'm also like, yeah, but that's like, I can't do that all the time. You know, like, <laughs> and, and I, my, my, one of my good friends is a bartender who's sexual blind and nothing enrages him, like people making out at the bar. And I'm like a very pro PDA human being. Like when I see people making out or whatever in public, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, go for it. You know? Uh, <laughs> I applaud, you know, I'm like, like celebrate the pollens and the, the, the bees pollinating the flowers, and, yeah. you know, keeping, keeping, keeping the circle of life moving. Um, whereas he just is like 
he, I, he, he just gets so resentful of it. So like, you know, people who might be like sexual blind might be like, yeah, I love sex. I love relationships, I love all this kind of stuff, but, but come on, not here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. why do you need, why you do you go. need so much attention? You know, why do, why do you need this? Uh, that, like, is, you... that is incorrect. I don't know what you're talking about. We <laughs> why are you throwing it in our faces kind of a thing? And it's like, yeah. uh, they're, they're just in the corner kissing. Is that in your face? You know, but yes. it's like, it feels in your face to the blind spot. <laughs> It's like stop grabbing her ass jesus christ right right whereas like yeah. like as social blind when people are doing social stuff i'm like god people have nothing else to do you know like yeah it just feels like a In waste chat those yeah. damn chatters they're like like just saying a couple of nice sentences to each other and i'm like god what a time waster <laughs> <laughs> totally they could be studying egypt yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I, I notice because it's like a it's a experiential thing and like noticing what sets you off, what triggers you. And I, I can see like what you're saying where with social, just like everyday uh, expressions of social, like I'll notice like Beth will be like, you know, telling me about someone saying this in some group. And I'm just like way more annoyed than I need to be. About- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why are we talking about this right now? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually, that's really funny. (laughs) This explains a lot of conversations I've had with people where I like try to talk to them about like funny things that happened at the office when I was talking to this one person and they just get so bored by it. And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) I thought this was hilarious. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, I might have to get going. I don't know if there's anything else we should do, but I think. Uh, if we stop here or we do a little bit more than stop, um, maybe next time we can talk more about like the actual integration of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I would like that. Because like, yeah. you know, it is a body level phenomenon and and you can say that, but it doesn't really mean much. So you got to like, you know, practice it. And I don't know, maybe uh, the approaches might be helpful to talk about next time. Yeah. Like oh. the uh, one thing I liked about reading about the approaches is that, you know, just trying to put words to what's going on, for example, with the collage exercise, which is, you know, people putting images together, which is a demonstration of what their relationship to some psychological boundaries and sensation. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what feels right to me. Right. And you'd sometimes ask people what their reactions are to collages made by people that have other instinct stockings. And it's like, well, that just feels wrong. It's not necessarily the images are bad. The, uh, it's more that the way they're put together doesn't feel right. And that's saying something about like, you know, each instinctual stacking has a set relationship to certain physical sensations and cycle and relationship to certain psychological boundaries that affect even the way that we view and experience aesthetics. Yes. And um, that's really cool because you know, you know, you're outlining certain approaches that um, can show up in abstract space like aesthetics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that'd be really interesting to kind of more concretely try to link and see where I got things wrong, and you know, all these kind of things of like seeing seeing what connections we can make from those that point of view. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, uh, this is good. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. All, all right, right later. bye, guys. Later.